Hey, welcome back to another podcast with Car Journeys. I am your host. My name is Brian. A lot has happened since my last podcast. The markets, stock market, car market, crypto market, a lot has changed. I'm sure you're well aware that it's gone down. And of course, COVID and everything. So I hope everybody is safe and healthy. The topic of today's podcast is Logan Paul's fractional ownership sale of his PSA 10 Illustrator Pikachu. A large disclaimer that the following are my opinions on this matter and opinions only. I've done some research and to the best of my ability will present them here. There may be bias in the way the information is presented, so please listen with an open mind. So, I'll give a quick summary of what happened, uh, what individuals are really investing in. Um, Does the blockchain add any value in this instance? Uh, What is the liquid marketplace? Uh, And what are the risks and challenges? Um, I'll go through this in a summarized form. And then if you're still interested, uh, you can follow me through with all the research that I did. And I'll give concrete examples and everywhere that I looked at, LinkedIn, everything uh, to come to this conclusion. So what happened? Logan Paul bought the most expensive Pokemon card ever at 5.3 million US dollars and a lot of crypto. His cash negative, uh, at least 5.8 million US dollars since last year, uh, July 2021. Now he's trying to squeeze out money from his highly priced assets, namely his PSA 10 Illustrator Pikachu. Sale is via fractional ownership and on a blockchain, no less. You need to buy his ERC20 token, trade it on his crypto exchange to have a part ownership in his PSA Illustrator Pikachu. What could go wrong? To make matters worse, you can practically never own the physical card due to their buyout clause, which requires 80% of people to agree to your buyout price. More on this later. So if this was too long already and you didn't read, didn't listen, Logan Paul invested a lot of money, now needs it back. He's trying to sell you parts of his PSA 10 Illustrator Pikachu by selling you his crypto token on his crypto exchange. What are you really investing in if you buy this? Ultimately, you're not investing in the Illustrator Pikachu, you're actually in investing in the company. You need to have trust in the company, which means trust in the people behind it. Their team, lack of track le- record, and a lack of liability as per their terms and condition do not present this. Once again, I'll go deeper into this if you want to uh, follow through on my research. The next topic is, does blockchain add value in this instance? No. (laughs) The blockchain just complicates uh, matters. Uh, It's a complicated ledger that adds a crazy amount of risk. They could just use an Excel spreadsheet and contracts. Instead, they decided to introduce their crypto to be traded on their own exchange. So if their crypto or their exchange is not popular or gets hit with negative news like hacks hacks and and whatnot, that would limit trade volume. So then, good luck trying to buy and sell your fractional shares. Uh, Next topic is what on earth is liquid marketplace? So I had a quick uh, look at, well, not that quick, (laughs) I had a deep look into the team and the consultants. And what I found in a nutshell is that the whole team of people have a a marketing background 
our ops background and our social or our social influencers. Nobody has blockchain experience. And the whole thing is about blockchain, basically, right? You're, you're turning physical collectible assets into crypto assets. Wouldn't you want somebody with blockchain experience? Also, they don't have, it doesn't look like they have a legal team. They don't, they don't have a strong uh, dedicated legal team uh, to help them pave the way through this unknown territory. So I don't know what's happening there either. But regardless, even with this team, they still managed to raise um, Series A funding of 10 million Canadian dollars, which is approximately 8 million US dollars. And that was just done two months ago. What are the risks and challenges? The main one is proof of ownership. Does the ERC20 token um, have some contract that shows ownership and shows everything else relating to what might happen if that ownership changes, um, if there's loss, damage, all that kind of stuff? Does the ERC token um, clearly uh, stipulate those uh, items? Um, for example, if, if the actual asset, the card, is damaged, fire, water, floods, etc., um, does it state does it state in a contract the compensation um, and insurance payout amount and time frame? Like how would all that work? And an a another layer of risk is their exchange. It is prone to external hacks, so hacking their exchange or internal faults for example their execution their programming uh, there are bugs things don't work their marketing is poor um, then there's nobody who wants to use their platform and therefore nobody is trading and so how do you buy and sell your crypto assets you can't um, so yeah and in those scenarios who has a liability and I dug into their terms and condition and it is not them they have no liability Okay, so you've already made it through uh, this so-called summary. If you're interested in going through all the research I did, keep on listening. So what happened? How do we know he's down nearly $6 million? This is Logan Paul. How do we know? That's easy, it's because he told us. So he has his own YouTube channel, and on Impulsive, episode 326, at 22 minutes, 50 seconds, Logan Paul states, I have personally lost half a million thus far. That is word for word what he says. And this was aired on May 18th, 2022. The crypto market has gone down since then. I don't obviously know if Logan sold at that time or if he's continued to hold what he's done with his assets and his money. I don't know. But at least we know he's lost half a million. PSA, for better or for worse, they decide to tweet and promote Logan Paul's NFT token sale for part ownership in his PSA 10 Illustrated Pikachu valued at $5.3 million, which is basically PSA's endorsement of this whole project and everything about it. And I don't think PSA realizes that. And... and just this huge debacle that Logan is cooking cooking up. Uh, the card was purchased by Logan Paul uh, from Marwan Dubsey, uh, 
in Dubai on 22nd of July 2021, so nearly a year ago. And that was the uh, breaking the record for the most expensive Pokemon trading cards sold at a private sale. And the details of that transaction was that Logan traded his PSA 9 Illustrator Pikachu, valued at uh, $1,275,000 US dollars, plus $4 million, uh, for this. So it's valued uh, altogether at $5.3 million. That was a year ago. And since then, uh, stock market, uh, all, all the markets have gone down. And so he likely obviously want, wants to get some money out of this. Uh, he needs, you know, some cash to, to invest in and to start other projects. So is this a good investment for you to jump in on and why? So the big picture is Logan Paul's business model um, is always about hyping things up. Okay. He utilizes his fan base to push up prices of assets he's invested in. He's done this for Pokemon cards as well as crypto. And now he's combining the two. And what has changed since he's made the purchase? He's lost money. <laughs> Uh, and the markets are down. So he's finding ways to sell his highly valued uh, asset, his card. And there's nobody else in the market who's going to pay that amount of money. Which is why he's decided that, oh, the only way to sell it is by selling it in fractions. So it's more affordable. And when you sell things in fractions, you end up selling it for a higher price. Just like how 36 sing single-sold booster packs are more expensive altogether um, than just buying a booster box outright. So this scenario is no different. So you know that this guy is show central and he's lost a bunch of money. Should you still invest in him? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll leave that conclusion to you. Um, next, we'll talk about fractional ownership and what you are actually investing in. Okay. Um, so shared ownership is nothing new. Timeshares for property have existed for a long time. And there are a few companies that do shared ownership for collectibles as well. Uh, like Dibs, Collectible, and Otis. When buying a part ownership in something, you are really buying into the company behind it. You are trusting that this company will have correct and accurate records of ownership, won't overvalue assets, for example, creating extra shares, that shouldn't exist and you're trusting that the company or individuals won't run away with your money or misappropriate funds for example taking your money and investing into things that they never said they would like another crypto or buying uh, a car or real estate that money was not meant to be moved so this means you're looking for a company with a solid track a record a history um, are responsible and therefore liable. Shared ownership only really needs an updated Excel spreadsheet to show who owns what and when shares trade hands. There might even be a printed certificate with their company chop to serve as a document to show proof of ownership. As long as you trust the company and the people working there, that's all that's required. On a functional level, investors also need to be wary of what happened in the, what happens in the event of loss or damage. More on this later. This leads us perfectly into the next topic. What is the purpose of added or added value of using the blockchain? Uh, as previously summarized, there is no uh, added value. It's just a 
complicated digital ledger that now adds crazy amount of risk to the investor. To the investor, not to their company, not their exchange, not to Logan, not, not to them. It's to you, the investor. They could just use an Excel spreadsheet and conventional contracts. But instead, they decide to introduce their crypto to be traded on their exchange. So as mentioned, if their crypto is not popular or their exchange is not popular, okay, people are not going to be using it, not going to be trading it. Then by nature, how, how are you supposed to profit off of it? How are you supposed to buy and sell it? You can't. There's no trade volume. So, and, and that's where your money is stuck in. You, you, you see the huge problem there? You're, you don't hold the card. It's not like you can just take the card and go, like, hey, I'm going to sell, sell this card to whoever on, on Facebook or on eBay. You can't do that now at all. And you're stuck in their platform, which he owns, which Logan owns, and the terms and conditions are set by them. And we'll explore more into the terms and conditions later. I actually read them. Yes, I had that much time on my hands. So next topic is what on earth is Liquid Marketplace, which is the company that Logan Paul and other people own. And that's where you have to buy and sell these fractional uh, crypto tokens. So I had to look at the team and the consultants. Okay, The two founders are Eamon Nickdal, who's a programmer, and Ryan Bahadori. Um, his background is really not related. Now, apologies if I didn't say their name correctly. Those two are the founders, and Logan Paul is a co-founder. They just kind of added him in there. It's, as you can see from the website, you can just have a look. Um, I looked up all their uh, their backgrounds on LinkedIn. I'm in Nick, though. Says that his most recent experience is uh, the past 5.5 years. He's been co-founding some startup called IntelliStop. And he wrote a whole paragraph about what he did. Uh, first of all, none of that experience or his past experience pertains to the blockchain, um, which is alarming. And most importantly, when I visited IntelliStop.com, spelled Intel and an I, Intelli, uh, stop, S-T-O-P.com, the website says coming soon. So... I don't know if that's how it's been for the past five and a bit years or if they just modified it and are updating it. I don't know. But when I saw that, I uh, was not uh, impressed. And prior to this, uh, on his LinkedIn, he says that he produced an online platform to help students learn uh, better in university. And that platform and website and company is called Shop Scholar. And it looks nice, but... Once again, nothing to do with blockchain and nothing to do with crypto or collectibles or anything like that. Next on to Ryan Badori. There's not much details on his LinkedIn. I see that he's a director of Baja Industries. And when I looked it up, it's actually a construction company in Toronto with three years operating history and they do construction around the city. Yeah, those two are the founders. So a guy without blockchain experience and a dude who owns a construction company. Uh, the rest of the team of people employed in Liquid Marketplace either have a marketing background or they're listed as the community manager, director of marketing, social media manager, or the an influencer like Logan Paul, although he's technically not an employee. 
Um, so only Aminikto, one of the founders, has a programming background, not in blockchain. Uh, yeah. So just, I don't know. I, like the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. The website looks amateur, uh, and they plaster Logan Paul everywhere. And with this team and this website, they still managed to raise 10 million Canadian dollars just a few months ago. For those of you who are Americans, that's around 8 million US dollars. Yeah. And, and another thing about the whole Series A funding for startups and stuff, uh, venture capitalists basically have a shotgun approach and they will invest in 100 projects and they hope that one of them will be a unicorn and get a 200x, 500x, 1000x return. And this shotgun approach is used in many industries. A lot of crypto investors use a shotgun approach for NFTs and for altcoins. And it's just that when people have a lot of money, they do that for companies as well, for startups. So just because they got money doesn't really mean that much. A lot of startups that got Series A, B, C funding uh, still ended up uh, closing down. And it's just part of the business model. The angel investors expect that. Not every company is going to be uh, Netflix or Tesla or Spotify. Which, by the way, those companies didn't make a profit for a very long time. And people still kept investing in them. Okay, onwards. Uh, what are the risks and challenges? The main challenge is proof of ownership. Is there a contract that shows ownership clearly does the ERC 20 token or the NFT you buy clearly have a contract stipulating ownership and what happens in the event of theft fire water damage or fire and water damage does it stipulate the compensation and insurance payout to mount and time frame so let me give you an example they put the PSA 10 Illustrator Pikachu into the vault, their vault, which they charge you a fee for. Okay, so they, they put it in there and I think they charge you a fee for it. Anyways, so they put it into their vault and then maybe there's a fire or there is a flood and the car gets destroyed. Okay, and you own 1% of that card. First of all, is it insured to that amount? Second of all, imagine if their company manages to get that payout. When does it come? Third of all is when it comes, does that money end up in your hands? That's the most important part. Now, I don't know if the token, if the blockchain shows clearly that you own that 1% and that when something happens, you are liable, you, you are, um, you know, they are liable to pay you back that amount because they, that, that's part of the insurance policy. I don't know. But in a conventional contract, it would state these things very clearly as clauses with amount, uh, time frame, et cetera, et cetera, who does what, uh, when. But I don't know how all this works now because they added this whole new unnecessary layer with NFT or crypto. And in my opinion, all it does is it insulates their company and it insulates them. Logan Paul and whoever else owns the company. 
Yeah. Like, you kn- I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried to claim money from an insurance policy. It's you've got to jump through a lot of hoops. You got to show, you know, the receipts and whatnot, and that it actually happened, and you're not scamming them, and you proof of identity and this and that. Now imagine now you have to do all of that, but for to show that you have a one percent ownership in this card that so happened to have, you know, burnt. Like it's gonna be super hard. Our next example is bankruptcy. Let's just let let's take the example where they worst case scenario they, you know, they chapter eleven they close their company, okay? Or maybe for some reason they're they're not making profit and so they have more debts then they have revenue and they have to close down. Now, first of all, is the priority of debt payment would likely, like individual investors would likely be on the bottom. And the large angel investors and banks for any like bank loans that they took out, those would be paid out first to my limited knowledge. So when a company winds up, they would then take their assets, sell them, liquidate them so they have money to pay those uh, people who are owed an amount, right? So that means that they will take the card and any other cards in in the vault and they will sell it. This is an assumption, by the way, that the cards are legally listed as assets for that company. It gets more complicated. So let's assume they are. So then they sell the card and then they end up paying all the banks and all the large angel investors, blah, 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 blah. And then in the end, you may not even get back any money. And uh, according to the terms and conditions, it's very unlikely for you to get back your money. So, and then you're like, hey, wait a second, but I own part of that card. Shouldn't that, you know, like it should come back to me some of that money, right? Yeah, that's where it gets a very <laughs> super gray area there. Because then the onus would be on you now to prove that you own part of that card that they want to sell. That is technically now... Uh, confiscated by the bank yeah this is obviously way out of my my uh, knowledge area um, but to my very limited knowledge that that is how it would work and they can further insulate themselves by having subsidiary companies or separate uh, legal entities and so if the card is legally uh, an asset in a different company and somehow maybe they loan it or whatever to the uh, their crypto exchange uh, and imagine if they close down the crypto exchange it gets hacked or what whatnot the card and everything uh, and those card assets in their vault may actually be assets of a different legal entity and have no con- real connection to the crypto exchange that they close down but your uh tokens and everything is on their exchange you, you see what i'm getting at now so they could close their exchange you could lose everything and the card could still be in their vault in an owned in another legal entity yeah Ugh, that got so complicated but anyways yeah so that's a very, very long way of saying that you could get screwed in multiple ways, okay? 
that's not even touching on the fact that it's a crypto exchange and those get hacked uh, all the time. So your token could disappear um, or they execute poorly. So their exchange is not used. Uh, and so therefore it devalues your token. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And according to the terms and condition, they are not held liable. And so in summary, we mentioned that the trust in the company is paramount and this stems from responsibility and a good track record of being held accountable. Since they lack track record, we can only see how responsible they are based on their liability clause in their terms and condition. And I went through it. I had that much time on my hands. And <laughs> you can click on it too on the website. It, I quote, this is what they say, okay? We have no liability to you or to any third party for any claims or damages that may arise as a result of any payments or transactions that you engage in on the platform or any other payment or transactions that you conduct through the third party service providers. We do not provide refunds for any purchases that you might take on or through the platform, whether for tokens or otherwise. Now, this could be a standard terms and condition where they just don't want liability, but it still states they have no liability. And they explicitly said they will not provide refunds for any purchases through the platform, whether for tokens or otherwise. Which means if shit hits the fan, they're not going to refund your money for your token. Moreover, Ownership of each token on the platform is mediated entirely by a third-party service provider and the Ethereum blockchain. So this part is very confusing because I thought they own the platform. So why is it mediated by a third-party service? Yeah, I'm, I don't know what that means. Are they outsourcing the whole exchange but saying they own it when they don't do anything and just have other people who have blockchain experience handle it very confusing and last but not least is their bio clause so this is the clause their own company clause for the exchange in the event that you want to actually own the physical card you have to meet this you have to buy out everyone. And so their policy is that a buyout can only be exercised by a user who first acquires the minimum number of tokens associated with a collectible that liquid marketplace may establish from time to time, i.e. the buyout threshold. Okay, this is not stated what the amount is because the company is so new. It's this ambiguous number that they don't even publish. So I assume they, you might need to own 10% of the card in terms of tokens, and then you can exercise this buyout clause. Okay, so we're only talking about exercising it. The sale price under such uh, buyout will include a premium over the market price of the tokens associated with such collectibles. And additional fees may apply to buyout transactions. So in short, you need to own a lot of that token first to show, to exercise this, and then 
when you exercise the buyout, there will be a additional fee and you have to pay a premium over the market price. Gets even worse than this, more complicated. In order for the buyout to be accepted, 80% of the tokens associated with that collectible, including the tokens owned by you, must be voted in favor of the buyout offer within a 72 hour period. Okay, so it means that within 72 hours, you have to offer a price to buy out everybody's coins and 80% of the people who owns tokens, yourself included, have to agree to those terms. Yeah, so apparently, okay, so first of all, if you've ever you know, been in a big group of people trying to vote on something, you know, where where you want to go for dinner with like a group of 10 people or, you know, all that kind of crap. You, you know that it, it there, it's very hard to get 80% of people to agree on one thing. Uh, so this from the get-go is already practically impossible. Okay, unless you offer some price that is so ridiculously high, everybody's like, yeah, 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 buy me out, buy me out. So don't expect to buy it at market price of what the tokens are at. And even if you do, you have to pay a premium anyways. Now, don't forget that apparently 49% of the card will be owned by Logan Paul, which in essence means that Logan Paul has to agree to your price in order for you to meet the 80% threshold within 72 hours for you to actually buy the card. Okay? So yeah, so that's basically never, like you just have to offer way above market price. So in summary, it means that you are investing in, supposedly you're buying a crypto that is created by Logan, that is traded on a crypto exchange owned by Logan for, uh, backed by an asset, which is the card, PSA 10 Pikachu, Illustrator Pikachu, owned by Logan. Okay, everything is Logan, 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 Logan. All the policies, terms, conditions determined by Logan and friends. Yeah. Now you tell me, do you want to invest in something so super niche and so controlled by the original individual who has a uh, not so stellar individual track record? Yeah. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you made it through this whole 30 minute session good on you until then until next time uh, i'm signing off brian card journeys have a great day